Hi there, I'm Tom Field. I'm Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. Topic of conversation today is why resilience is not enough for today's healthcare, cybersecurity, and privacy programs. Privileged to speak with John Moore. He's Chief Risk Officer and Head of Consulting Services with Clearwater. John, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So, John, you recently wrote a blog on this very topic, why re resilience is not enough. What motivated you to speak out? Well, I, I think, uh, Tom, what it was, I was starting to see resilience sort of pop up again in articles and thinking about uh, cybersecurity and, and healthcare in particular. And while I'm certainly not saying that that's not important and that organizations shouldn't have that as a, a goal or objective, I think what, what struck me, at least in terms of how I think of resiliency, is that it's just not sufficient. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, when I think of resiliency, what I think of is snapping back. So the, the ability to recover and, and that's taken on increasing importance in particular because of ransomware attacks and the ability to, to recover as a, a means of defending an organization against those things. But uh, I also think of snapping back as not, uh, growing. So I, you know, for me, it's, we can't just go back to where we are and, and hope for the best. We're going to end up in the same position we were in before. Uh, we need to improve and, and, and grow and strengthen uh, our organizations and overall security programs. And, and that's the thinking really that led me to, to, to explore what that might mean uh, more broadly. This strikes me in the conversations I have, but a lot of organizations are now moving toward the resilience theme. Talk to me more about why you're urging them to look beyond resilience. It, it, it really is that. I mean, I, uh, and it depends to a certain extent on, on what they think of as resilience. But again, you know, when I, when I think of the term resilience, what I really think of is the ability to snap back or return to a position that I was before after having some sort of a stress. And so how that typically uh, plays out is when you're, thinking about disaster recovery, business continuity planning, those types of activities, uh, you know, we need to have that, that functionality in place. We need to have appropriate backups and, and uh, we need to have gone through the exercises so that uh, if and when we have an event, we're able to return our systems back to where they were before. And, and again, I'm, I'm not going to argue that that's not important and it's taken on increasing importance, particularly because of the ransomware attacks that have been plaguing the industry and uh, you know, the ability to, to recover and to have secure backups are critical um, to, or, to our organization's ability to defend themselves against those types of attacks. But, but you know, in my mind, the reason that organizations need to think beyond that is because those individuals that are launching those types of attacks on healthcare organizations are not standing still. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, they are constantly looking for ways to, uh, to attack our healthcare system, uh, new ways to do that, that are going to overcome the controls that we have in place. So if they're not standing still, if they're constantly looking for improved methods uh, to attack and to have successful attacks against us, then, then merely preparing for the last attack is not going to be sufficient for the next one. But John, help me define this. What does beyond resilience actually mean to you? So in my mind, you know, beyond resilience, uh, to me, it, it, it's, so how this notion came to me is in, in, in particular, 
if you're familiar with the work of Nicholas Naseb Talib, who who recognized or coined the term anti-fragility. And, and uh, what anti-fragility is a recognition of is that in some systems, in particular kind of organic complex systems, and, and we can talk about whether that's relevant for, for cybersecurity, um, you have systems that when under stress or, or placed under stress, don't just go back or return to where they were or recover to their where they were before, but instead get stronger. Uh, the most obvious one that all of us are experienced with is the human body, right? We, we see folks when they practice sports or they lift weights or they do things like that, where they, you're actually tearing down or putting stress on yourself and your body responds by making you stronger. Um, many kind of organic complex systems uh, react that way. Uh, and, and so that really, you know, having that notion in mind and thinking about how we need to recover, not just to where we were, but come back stronger, always be moving forward and growing uh, in our strength as a security program is where this notion of beyond resilience really came uh, to me from. And, and I don't claim to be the only one who sort of thought about uh, the applications of, of anti-fragility in the cybersecurity space, but but it's kind of a concept that I've uh, thought about and worked with for quite some time now. I dig into this, this theme a little bit of anti-fragility. And so talk to me then, what's the value of more and varied testing? Yeah. So, so one of the things that uh, in the article that I wrote about, I was like, okay, well, you know, that's a nice notion, right? That, that we're not going to just snap back to where we were, but they're going to come back stronger, but how does that really work? And how does it apply to a, to a cybersecurity program? And so the, first kind of threshold issue is, does it even apply to a, to a, you know, is it a system that in that fragility could even be applied within? And, and I'd suggest to you that um, it's not, I think it's easy for us to think about cybersecurity and we think about it in the context of IT and we don't think about IT. Well, certainly it can be complex, but we don't think of it necessarily as organic. But, but what I'd say is it's not just IT, right? The human element plays a big role in cybersecurity. Uh, it's oftentimes the weakest link, but it's also can be one of our most valuable pieces in in the overall cybersecurity program puzzle. Um, so recognizing that that there is a, a, an organic component to this, that there is complexity, uh, then then you're like, then the question is, okay, well, how would I apply the concepts of anti-fragility to that? And one of the first things we think about is, more in varied testing. So what, what does that mean? Well, it's things like tabletop exercises where we actually are going through the process with those individuals uh, that would be involved if there was a problem. It's things like uh, instead of just you know pen, the annual pen test or the uh, quarterly vulnerability scan, thinking about uh, red team testing or blue team testing or purple team, whatever the flavor, uh, you know, the color of the week is, where we're uh, doing testing in a way that um, you know, that is an exercise for um, those folks who are involved in defending our organization that they can learn and grow from that experience more effectively and strengthen the program as a result. So just like, uh, you know, again, going back to the analogy of a, of a human being, um, just like we would do different kinds of training to, to strengthen our bodies or perform better in a, in a physical uh, activity, a sport or, or uh, something like that, we should be thinking about it the same way from a cybersecurity program perspective. How do we train? How do we really train our teams on an ongoing basis so that they get better and stronger and, and more able to respond? 
John, you also talk about the barbell strategy. How, can, how do you describe that? Yeah, so there's this notion of a barbell strategy, and I really like uh, this because it's closely tied to risk. And, and, you know, of course, risk and thinking about risk and how we address risk plays a key component in any sort of cybersecurity program. And the notion is that with the barbell strategy, and, and if you think of a barbell and you think of a kind of a traditional barbell, you have bigger weights on the end and then a thinner bar in the middle. Uh, well, there's this, the concept is that maybe we don't think about, uh, about risk as a singular sort of concept or threshold that we apply across the board to our whole organization. And instead, what we say is like, look, there's some systems um, that are critical to our operations. And those systems are so critical in, in thinking about risk there or applying a risk threshold, we should use a, uh, a higher threshold of acceptable risk there or be more risk averse in how we set up our controls associated with the, those systems. Then there's other things on the other side where maybe we take more risk. For example, you know, maybe we look at some cutting edge security solutions that you know, they're a little risky. We don't know whether they're going to work yet, but we can make an investment in those. And if they do work, we're going to get a big payoff from those. Maybe they won't, but if they do work, we're going to get a big payoff. Uh, and then we use the kind of that middle where we're not making perhaps as big of an investment uh, we use the, those uh, resources to add to each end of that barbell. If, if that, uh, hopefully, I hopefully I describe that in a way that's that's at least uh, paints a little bit of a picture for for folks. Absolutely, John. You also talk about a risk-averse strategy. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and, and again, it, it plays off of the this this barbell strategy. I mean, historically. Uh, Hopefully by now, you know, all of the organizations in healthcare are, are have some sort of risk management plan in place. They have some sort of risk uh, management program where they have a strategy in place uh, where they understand how they're going to look at risk across the organization. They're doing risk analysis on a regular basis. They're doing risk management. At least I hope they're doing it because they're required by law to do it. Um, there's plenty of evidence that folks still aren't doing that, but but those that are and they and they have those programs in place, uh, you know, some of our and this comes with some of our work with our more mature, let's call them mature programs that we work with, where you know they've they've gone beyond just, hey, we're going to do an annual risk analysis, where they've implemented sort of ongoing risk analysis. They're constantly evaluating risk within their organization. Um, then you can get to a point where. Uh, you can implement a strategy like that barbell strategy, and, and in particular, uh, you know, looking at what those critical systems are. And, and this, to a large extent, goes back to uh, to some of the the threats out there, in particular the ransomware attacks, where you know we have these critical systems uh, that are that are key to our uh, functioning of our business, and and we should be identifying those systems and understand those through a business impact analysis. And that's traditionally how we've done that. Um, and when we've identified those systems, um, we, we want to think about taking a more risk-averse strategy uh, when thinking about how we're going to look at and address risk and make risk-based decisions about investing to protect those systems. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, a bit more complex to apply a strategy such as this. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that that organizations kind of have to mature into, 
Um, but if and when you get to that state, it, 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 it provides an ability to think a little bit more clearly and make a little bit, I think, better informed decisions about how we're going to apply those limited dollars that we have. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, there's, there's only so many resources, only so many dollars we can apply to protect our systems. And so we really need to think about that and making risk-based decisions is one of the key ways we, we do that. Uh, I've only, I say this to, to customers all the time. I've only ever run into one organization that told me that they had an unlimited budget for security. They were on Wall Street and they may have not been even true with me. I don't know, but they claimed that they had an unlimited budget, but all the rest of us normal human beings out here uh, you know, are working within limitations and, and so need to think about how we're going to apply. Uh, exactly right. So I bring it back to Clearwater for me. How are you helping your customers now to grow beyond resilience? Yeah, so it's a it's a lot of the things we, we talked about. And, and again, you know, resilience is kind of part of that, but we and it's on the journey, right? So so it's not that I'm saying that we shouldn't have a focus on resilience. All I'm saying is that if and when you you get to that point, you really need to be thinking beyond that if you want to uh, you know, be those organizations that 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 are at least risk to have a problem that's going to be a big problem uh, for you from a business perspective. Um, so, how do we help? Well, uh, in terms of the the testing, it really is that we've been we've been encouraging organizations and and having a lot of success uh, with things like the tabletop exercises. You know, there's a a lot of times you're engaging with executives, leadership folks uh, at an organization during those exercises who might not otherwise be um, that close to the security operation. So it gives them a real feel for uh, what would it be like if we found ourselves in a, a ransomware attack? Uh, you know, where is that number for the FBI? How do we find that? You know, obviously, you know, at, at times like that, just those little things, you know, having kind of been there going through that process, uh, makes such an event, makes one uh, far more prepared for that kind of event if, it, you know, unfortunately it occurs. So doing that kind of thing, uh, we've been uh, kind of talking to folks uh, beyond the, the traditional pen tests and, and uh, vulnerability scans, you know, red teaming, uh, those types of activities where we're more engaged with uh, the folks that are, are uh, providing the um, threat monitoring and incident response capabilities. So really working with them in a training type of exercise to help them, uh, you know, better understand and exercise their uh, capability uh, in an environment where they can learn from it, uh, as opposed to, you know, just being on the receiving end of it. So it's a, it, those types of, of things. The other thing we've been doing is, and I mentioned the BIA earlier, we're doing more and more work with business impact analysis uh, you know, from a CISO's perspective, I think, uh, and, and from a business perspective, the business impact analysis is the the best way for uh, a cybersecurity organization, and in particular a CISO, um, to demonstrate and help the organization understand the value of security. And when you're having those conversations with the business folks about what systems they depend on. Uh, to do their everyday work and what happens if that system goes down and are they going to be able to deliver care? Uh, you know, what's the impact on the patients? Those kinds of conversations that makes um, what we do in security very real and tangible uh, to them. Uh, and so we've had, uh, you know, tremendous success with organizations going through that process, you know, understanding what systems really are most important to, to them and their organization. I mean, what we've seen in the past is a lot of times 
IT organizations make assumptions about which, which systems are the most important, and that may or may not be right. Uh, you really want to have those conversations with those business folks. And I think the if organization is willing to invest in that, everybody benefits from it. Uh, and so we've been encouraging those kinds of conversations. And that is a natural follow-on to that is contingency planning, you know, the normal things that you see for resilience. But so John, terrific conversation. I appreciate your time and insight today. Well, thank you for, for talking with me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I always learn more from, from just these kind of conversations and, and thinking through these ideas. And, and I, hopefully, uh, you know, folks can benefit from this and they'll get thinking about uh, how to look at these things in a, in a more proactive way. Uh, again, the topic is why resilience is not enough in today's healthcare, cybersecurity, and privacy programs. You've just heard from John Moore, Chief Risk Officer, Head of Consulting Services with Clearwater. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you so much for your time and attention today.